salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I have titled this episode, Technocratic Politics, Event 201, and Co-Opted Consciousness. That's right. We have a lot of different things to talk to you good people about. Seems like the world is being set on fire with some kind of disease to kill us all off. Don't worry, we get into that. Not only that, but a few quick updates before we do. You may have noticed a few new post styles over there at Liberation Legion. That's because we have our good friend Jay of Truth Is Our Religion helping run it. That's right. We're going to be having him on to talk about his new company, Pure Shilajit, another system detox to help you guys get yourself straight. We're going to be having him on in a future episode. Because... For this episode, we actually have My Patriot Supply as a new affiliate. We have a lot of different updates coming out, guys. A lot of different work to get done for you guys. Uh, the minicast that we did earlier this week, the Controlled Epidemics, you can find that in the link in the description bar below. Also, we are 10 patrons away from unlocking live shows on Friday. You hear me give a, a quick uh, plug for people that want to help out the operation you guys can find different ways to do that in this episode if you guys want to unlock live shows for exclusive members think about it joining our, our patreon exclusive program with that being said let's start the show salutations my friends and thank you for tuning in Another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1002, season 10, episode 2. What a week, huh? What a crazy week to literally only be in the second episode of the 10th season as we are starting 2020. Last week, we basically left off talking about Virginia and their gun confiscation. They went ahead with the bill. They actually went ahead and put like eight other bills right after that. And uh, they ignored that protest, which is crazy. And so I'm sure we're going to see some backlash regarding that. But we'll get into that. But we also are now dealing with what seems to be like an engineered crisis, a global pandemic known as the coronavirus. If you guys didn't have time to listen to the minicast, the Instagram live that we did earlier this week, check the link in the description bar or just go to our website and you guys can see it there. Uh, where we break it down to you, and we'll be breaking it down here as well. Uh, but with that particular transmission, you guys hear a little, a little more rugged approach towards talking about that, and we'll save that for the second segment. But I want to start this episode off, you know, kind of updating you guys personally, like where I'm at, uh, and <laughs> where I kind of see things really going. You know, I just turned 28. Thank you for all of the birthday wishes. I feel young. I don't really. I feel Young in a lot of sense, youthful, virile, strong, uh, like I was what killed the dinosaurs, and then afterwards I made their blood grow the grass. I feel like I'm that level of crazy these days. My brothers called me insane and a knucklehead, and it's so spot on that I love them for it. I want to say thank you to everybody that gave me all the, the birthday wishes, uh, and at the same time it made me remember and think about like how close I am with people around me and across the world, but how much I really like, how much I really am absorbed in this work uh, and, and, and being here in this capacity. You know, I talk about five to six to seven years like it's not nothing, you know, and it really is. 
our con our contextual understanding of time is very interesting um and i <laughs> i couldn't wait for my birthday to be over because i hate being the center of attention even though i have a podcast where i am and that's weird but different discussion for a different day there's a lot of feelings uh running rampant in this silly body of mine and i want to share it with you guys because as you've seen me go through whatever personal hurdles i've had aunt passing away uh father developing cancer uh family members you know, uh, interpersonal issues, relationship issues, uh, life issues, all of these things are, are a weird part, a weird component of what we do over here. And I think that's kind of cool too. And I feel bad that I have this level of transparency, but I also feel good because I feel like it helps individuals work through whatever they're going through. Uh, and unlike other pages, other, unlike other people, I'll actually talk to you. I'll read your responses. I'll try to give you my feedback the simplest way I can, <laughs> me being simple, the simplest way I can to try to let you know that you're, you are heard. Realize that you, you know this platform was created for people like ourselves to have these kinds of discussions because they're not being had. That's why we need to figure out more ways uh, to give you, the audience, the listeners, the viewers, and so much more, more of a platform. Uh, comments are one thing, but talking about these things is completely different. And that was something I talked about earlier today or earlier this week on the Instagram Live, the difference between listening and hearing as well as the difference between posting and reading. I read a lot of different things, but I only have the ability to post so much. And yes, each of the outlets that you do see on the page, they have their own form and bias, no doubt. I'm trying to show you the bias that I think is important, while at the same time, later on, compounding upon that very same bias through other news outlets. And so we're, 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 we're different over here. We're unique in a lot of different ways. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm really growing, learning to appreciate. Um, you know, you guys may listen to the show and you're going to hear a new, uh, a new affiliate that we have due to the craziness that this, that's been gone on, gone on this week. And I say that because there's a lot of things happening. I won't lie to you. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. I, there's so much work going on, so much stuff going on. And when I tell you that I'm literally only one person doing it, I'm not joking with you. <laughs> I literally am only one person able to do so much, <clears throat> which brings me to my next point. I do need whoever's listening right now. Um, I do need somebody to help us run our store. I have learned the importance of money in relationship to what we're doing, and we need to make more money so we can be a better operation. And so, for people that are listening right now, if you have experience running a Shopify store, uh, doing drop shipping, or any of that type of stuff, please send me your resume or send me your contact information. Uh, three pieces of your work or anything like that, send that to uh, noiseera at gmail.com. That is spelled N-O-I-Z-C-E-E-R-A at gmail.com. Uh, and then we'll take, if, if if you're a good fit, we'll go from there. And the reason I say this is because we've got to start, we've got to start outsourcing stuff. We've got to start figuring out how to delegate this work. Uh, I got caught slipping this week with this virus stuff. The way, the reason I just did that little plug to have somebody come work with us for the store, think about it. We have so many different things that could be really helping us be better, but because they're in different places, we need one consolidated area where people can get seasons, show notes, store products, contact us, and so much more. And the website configuration that we have right now, it's all right, but for where we have to, tra what we have to transform into, I need help. I need help, and that's where we're at. You know, it, it's crazy, but this is where we're at. So imagine what. <laughs> Imagine what we could do if we had another another hand over here pushing 
you know, pushing buttons, pulling gears, twisting levers, doing all this type of stuff. Imagine what would happen if we had another body in the mix uh, that was able to help. The guests that we have on the show, those are different things. These are people to help you understand different perspectives and so much more. What I'm trying to do these days is really give the power uh, to you, the listeners, so that you realize that this is the, the, that one. It's not like days as usual. This is it's not business as usual. That you actually do have more power than you think. And when I tell you that we have this weird synergistic, sometimes love hate relationship, that this is this is sometimes how it manifests. And so. Thank you for the birthday wishes. There's so much more work to be done. Uh, it feels strange being in this position at this time frame. It, 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 it's strange looking up storable goods and foods on your 28th birthday thinking, gosh, can I afford to live? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. With all that being said, let's get into the actual show. So we have a lot of things going on. Um, We've, we've, we've clearly got Event 201, the coronavirus, and we will definitely get to that in the second segment. But in this one, the technocratic politics segment, I wanted to talk about, you know, essentially Congress now agreeing to fund chemtrails, you know, uh, chemtrails, George Soros's university, as well as a big pharma executive being sentenced to 5.5 years for his role in the opioid crisis as well as global dissatisfaction with democracy and how that's preparing the way for technocracy. That's what we're seeing today. When, and, and, we, and we talk about this in varying ways over here on the show. Uh, you know, whenever people don't really act like their nation and they act like what they see on the Internet, that's the technocracy. Whenever you literally have tech, whenever you have uh, social media pages on Twitter, the Vatican running, having its own Twitter page, Twitter dictates what the Vatican can say. And so we'll talk more about that in that actual, uh, towards the end of this segment. Uh, but first, let's start getting into the news. Let's start getting into what's actually going on. This is how we started our week. This article comes from the Free Thought Project. The good folks over there always turning out some good work for us. It says that Congress is now funding a controversial geoengineering plan to spray particles in the sky to cool the earth. They put this up January 27th. It's by Matt Agris of the Free Thought Project. It says it was reported this month that the top climate change scientist for the, no for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, has received $4 million in funding from the Congress along with permission to study two highly controversial geoengineering methods in an attempt to cool the earth. According to Science Magazine, David Fahey, director of the, of the Chemical Sciences Division of NOAA's Earth System Research Laboratory, told his staff last week that the federal government is ready to examine the science behind, quote, geoengineering, or what has been dubbed, or what he dubs as Plan B, for climate change. Now, before I go on with this actual article, what I want to do for you good people, just to show you that I'm not kidding about having patents all the way up to the late 1800s, to show these people have the ability to manipulate the weather. Back in September, oh, oh, my bad, August of 2018, we found this article from Edward Morgan that talks about chemtrails or geoengineering, patents for spraying the atmosphere, an extensive list of patents that go back as far as the late 1800s, July 16th, 1891, the method of producing rainfall. So what I'm going to do, because I don't want to sit up over here and be facetious and talk too much, 
I'm going to put that link in the description bar below so you guys can see that, that list that goes back at least to the, eight, the late 1800s, 1891, all the way up into present day to where you see they have the patents and the technology and the ability to manipulate the weather for a little bit more of a relative, from a little bit more of a relative time uh, point of view. Another article put up by the Free Thought Project back in September of 2019 was this right here. No longer a conspiracy theory, mainstream media is now advocating spraying particles into the sky to dim the sun. I'm going to play this for you, but it's basically mainstream media uh, running a promo for Bill Gates to, pr to, to spray chemtrails into the sky to reflect sunlight. So I'll play a little bit of this. I'll also put this link in the description bar below so you guys can go check it out on the episode article. And then we'll get into this actual article uh, for a more relative point of view. Let's take a listen. The record number of fires burning across Brazil's Amazon rainforest has prompted renewed global outcry over climate change and big spending. $5 million from Leonardo DiCaprio, £10 million from the UK. Meanwhile, Bill Gates is backing the first high-altitude experiment of one radical climate change solution, creating a massive chemical cloud that could cool the Earth. It's called solar geoengineering, and it's highly controversial. How long will it be that countries keep experiencing these climate impacts before someone gets desperate and says, hey, we need to cool the planet with solar geoengineering? It would look something like this. Thousands of planes would fly very high and use nozzles to inject millions of tons of light-reflecting particles into the stratosphere. It would create a thin chemical cloud of those particles around the whole planet, blocking some sunlight from reaching the surface. It would mimic a giant volcanic eruption, which we know cools the Earth. Back in 1991, Mount Pinatubo erupted in the Philippines. It was the largest eruption to affect a densely populated area, creating avalanches and giant mud flows that left more than 700 dead and 30,000 homeless. It also spewed a cloud of 20 million tons of sulfur dioxide particles into the stratosphere. That chemical cloud was hundreds of miles across and reflected about 2% of sunlight back to space. And in 1992, the Earth was cooler than in 1991. That is part of the mechanism, but you do this in a controlled way. Modeling studies have found that it could reduce the intensity of heat waves, for instance. It, it, apparently it could reduce the rate of sea level rise. It could reduce the intensity of tropical storms. But it also comes with significant risks and uncertainties. Things like mass famine, mass flooding, drought, all kinds that will affect very large populations. It could weaken monsoons in India, China, and Africa enough to affect crops. It could eradicate blue sky. You start increasing the amount of diffuse light and you have less direct light, which is the same thing as saying it looks hazy and white. And if the global community decides it should stop? So you stop injecting it, and after a year, the cloud is gone, you get this rapid warming at a rate much faster than you would get if we had done nothing. If you've taken out the greenhouse gases that are adding to the warming, then it will the temperature will go up and stay what it is. So if we don't stop emitting greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, we don't try as hard as we can to do that, then there's no point in doing solar geoengineering. A 2016 opinion poll conducted by the Harvard group doing solar geoengineering research found that 67% of subjects support its use. So I'll put that full link in the description bar below if you guys are curious to watch the full thing. It's on our Instagram TV uh, if you guys want to know more. But did you catch that? Did, did you catch some of what I actually talked about in our Instagram live in relation to the coronavirus and how this would actually mess up the economy? And how 
chemtrails, geoengineering, how modifying the weather can have adverse effects to not only the economy, but also to the surrounding area due to mass flooding, or mass flooding, mass famine, droughts, as I said later on with this virus, uh, plagues, extreme weather events, food shortages, animal die-offs, and all these other things. It's a very, very interesting promo. Uh, you, you guys literally see these people pushing just for that. So let's fast forward to today or a more recent time period, and let's get back into this article. It says, what could possibly go wrong? Before we go any further, it is important to note it is important to point out to new readers that we are not a satire site. We are not a conspiracy theory site. The information you're about to read is factually accurate and 100% real, despite the ostensible skeptics who claim otherwise. Over the past several years, the conspiracy theory of spraying particles into the sky to cool the earth has become more mainstream. It came to a head last year when CNBC, the video that you guys just saw, put out a video titled How Bill Gates Funded Solar Geoengineering and how it could help in climate change. The video is nothing short of an infomercial for, for chemtrails. It is truly bizarre how the subject has moved from the fringes of conspiracy circles and into the mainstream, and no one is even batting an eye. Now that Bill Gates has endorsed and funded it, working with Harvard, the world is suddenly open to the idea of attempting to modify the planet's weather by spraying chemicals into the atmosphere to block out the sun. Now, the government is throwing their hat into the mix as well. This, quote, plan B approach is, two, is two-pronged, according to Noah. One is to inject sulfur dioxide or a similar aerosol into the stratosphere to help shade the Earth from more intense sunlight. It is, patented, or it is patterned after a natural so solution, volcanic eruptions, which have been found to cool the Earth by emitting huge clouds of sulfur dioxide. The second approach would use an aerosol of sea salt particles to improve the ability of low-lying clouds over the ocean to act as shade. So basically what we're casually talking about is how chemtrails will fight climate change. That was definitely one of the predictions I had closing out 2019. That indeed, you're going to see these people who were pushing for uh, cutting your greenhouse gas emissions, lowering your carbon footprint, and all these other things, they're going to actually say that the solution for climate change is chemtrails. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's crazy about this, because we've literally entered upside down land that the very same people who have created the problem are now coming through, offering the solution. You got to think, they got patents that go back to 1891, and you don't think that almost what, going on almost like 200 years, I don't know, I won't say 200 years, shucks, I'll just say 150, 130 years. Let's just say 100 years, okay? For 100 years, they've been messing with the weather. You don't think that's going to have adverse weather effects or adverse effects to our environment? Not to mention, like I say before all the time, Bayer and Monsanto messing with the agriculture, messing with uh, uh, the nutrients of the earth and whatever that puts off into the sky. You don't think that's going to, again, have some kind of adverse chemical reaction? We've really got to think about this type of stuff. When you have mad scientists who are saying that in order for us to save the world, we have to spray the world. What does that, what does that say? But here, in, uh, in the same news, same vein, check this out. This, this came out just the other week. George Soros is, starting to, is George Soros to start a $1 billion school to fight nationalists and climate change. We put this up 
January 24th. It's by Dean Garrison of Sons of Liberty Media. And before I get into this, think, this is everything we've been talking about. When I talk about nationalism, globalism, and regionalism, no borders, no walls, no USA at all, and how climate change is one of the main factors of people leaving certain areas. It's one of the main factors for migration, uh, immigration, illegal immigration, and so much more. And that's why George Soros has to start this school to say these people are the bad guys because these people want their borders. They want their nation. They want their identity. We're going to create an entire school to 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 reform that idea. You see, educate them on the real problem. It's these nationalists who want to stop us from from moving forward into the future. From it's these nationalists who want to stop us from creating a global economy, a global order, a new world order. Let me get into this uh, this article. It says American schools are tur- turning our children into America hating fairy tale loving leftists right before our eyes. The same thing is happening elsewhere in the world too, but the change is not happening quickly en- quickly enough. If you ask George Soros. Soros dropped another bombshell this week, and this next one comes from uh, Bloomberg. It says billionaire George Soros said he will commit $1 billion to start a global university to fight authoritarian governments and climate change, calling them twin challenges that threaten the survival of our civilization. The Open Society University Network will offer an international platform for teaching and research, the 89-year-old said Thursday at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. The university will be launched through a partnership with the Soros-backed Central, Universe, Central European University and Bard College. Quote, as a long-term strategy, our best hope lies in the access to quality education, specifically an education that reinforces the autonomy of the individual by cultivating critical thinking and emphasizing academic freedom. Soros says in his speech and a follow-up question and an answer session, Soros covered a wide range of issues, including the, quote, overheated U.S. economy, the dominance of Facebook, and the autocratic rule of Xi Jinping, Narendra Modi, Jair Bolsonaro, and Donald Trump, who he called a, quote, con man and, and the ultimate narcissist. Taking into account the climate emergency and the worldwide unrest, it's not an it's not an exaggeration to say that 2020 and the next few years will determine not only the fate of Xi and Trump, but also the fate of the world, he said. Soros also once again criticized Facebook for its failure to police the social media network. Quote, there's nothing to stop them, and I think there is a kind of informal mutual assistance operation or agreement development between Trump and Facebook, Soros said. Quote, Facebook will work together to re-elect Trump, and Trump will work to protect Facebook. And so George Soros, realizing that he's being caught and exposed on networks such as Facebook, is trying to figure out a way to go against that. So all of it, and, and this is interesting as well, too, because you have Greta Thunberg skipping school on Fridays to strike for climate change. You see that wedge right there? You see how she's that vector point for not necessarily allowing propaganda and stuff like this, but saying that it's cool for this to go where, where, where education is going, for this to be the path that education takes. Because we've already seen it here in America. Uh, college degrees are useless. You know, kids go grow up on YouTube. Or if they go to school, they get churned out into, you know, talking point parroting robots, automatons. Uh, we see it today. In academia, we see it in the modern workplace. You're not allowed to talk or say certain things un- unless you tote the, the, the socially approved uh, line. And that's very dangerous because essentially what's happening right now is the organized, the, the organized institution of whatever this is, 
They're criminalizing individuality, true freedom, true individuality, and they're offering us a fake identity through this, through this whole new paradigm. What I'm gradually trying to talk to you guys about is just that, the New World Order, Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. Remember back in Season 9, we talked about how Pope Francis is creating its own, uh, creating the road to humanism, trying to create his own academic study or his own academic uh, uh, course to educate people admitting that a, that indeed uh, education has failed people and because of where we're going we need a new man a new human a global citizen and that's exactly what George Soros is creating they're setting the foundations today just keep that in mind keep that in mind and so uh, this this next part that we're going to get into it actually plays a huge part into the next segment uh, but I wanted to get it in here where we talk about this pharma executive that's been sentenced to 5.5 years in prison, but it plays a huge part in the next segment because what we're essentially talking about is the, 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 the paradigm shift, the, the, the regime change, the agenda, uh, still, still on the same agenda, just a different face. Because we're in 2020, it's a whole new ballgame. It's not business as usual. Everything is completely different. I think people see that now. And that's why they're actually, 5.5 years isn't nothing, but that's why they're actually locking people up. And even if these, these trials are for show, it's still good because it sends shockwaves into the community that people need to do better. These drug dealers, as official as they may need, as, as official as they are, they need to do better. Right here, we put this up. Uh, January 28th, it's by Baxter Dimitri of Newspunch. It says, John Kapoor, the billionaire finder, founder of the pharmaceutical company Insys Therapeutics, has been sentenced to five and a half years in prison for orchestrating a criminal scheme of bribes and kickbacks to physicians who prescribed large amounts of fentanyl, of a fentanyl spray, to patients who didn't need the deadly painkiller. Kapoor's 66-month sentence handed down Thursday in Boston federal court by U.S. District Judge Allison Burroughs is the, is, is the lengthiest prison term imposed on seven former insist executives sentenced in the landmark case over the past two weeks. So they're saying, <coughs> we finally got one of them, and that's how all this stuff works. You take out the top, you let the rest of them scurry. Cut the head off the snake, let the body fall. But that's, it, it, it's still a snake. And where did that, where did that snake come out of? Where the, where's the rest of them? And so how does this fall underneath the category of technocratic politics. You have to understand that it was Aldous Huxley who said that using a combination of drugs, barbiturates, uh, and at that, that point in time, psychedelics and things like that, they were going to use these factors to basically, to, to, to basically lobotomize people mentally. And that's where we're at today. Half of the people you see out there, we talked a lot about that last year, how 50% of, the American, 50% of Americans are on one or two prescribed opioids. They're on something prescribed to them. Do they need these things? They're using barbiturates, opioids, uh, pharmaceuticals, all these other things to dumb us down, to give us problems, to make us sick. How can we be aware of half of these things that are going on when we're looking for our next high? When we're trying to bliss out. Do you know how many psychedelic retreats are popping up over the world? All these things going on and people are blissing out. But you see, opioids, this was the generation before us and the generation before them. This is what they were subjected to. And we're seeing the end of that, Ray, in the very same way that we're seeing the start of another. Here, let me play for you guys this quick clip.
mark case in the government's effort to fight the opioid crisis. As the parties and the court both noted during these sentencing hearings, this is not only about punishing these defendants, it's also about deterrence. It's about making the next phone company think twice about its sales tactics and think hard about its basic responsibilities as a corporate entity and about not victimizing the public so it can make more money. And that's that's why we have so many people on addicted to opioids today. That's why we see such a sickness. You know, uh, IQs plummeting. You know, birth rates birth rates plummeting. You know, just it's 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 a what has stemmed from the opioid crisis is an epidemic. And then when you add in the mix of fentanyl, oh good lord! You know, you, you start adding that element into it. Think about how much damage fentanyl has done, and then think about it being actually from China. So it's like not only the drug itself like causing problems, but because of this now Wuhan virus, you know, that's that's an added element that people don't know. And because we have superbugs out there that have begun uh, be, to become drug resistant to these things, it it's crazy. It is crazy. We are literally talking about a biological and a chemical cocktail of craziness that only leads us towards more, more and more degeneracy. Uh, but to continue on, just to talk more about the opioid epidemic and the kickback scheme that people were involved in, this next one comes from National Blaze. They put this up January 28th. It says, a software company strikes a $145 million settlement in a, quote, completely insane opioid kickback scheme. Ironically enough, this was not done by the very same company. This was not done by Incise. This was done by another drug maker because this is what these people do they send they they send in uh, i forget what the actual term is but they send in like promoters and then they they woo whoever is working in the hospital or whichever do doctor it is they promise them like a boat they promise them like a timeshare they promise them a certain percentage they sweeten the deal they say hey doc go ahead give take some of these pills Give them to your patients. You know, you'll get X amount of money every time these guys come in and, and re-up. And don't worry about it. Don't worry if their symptoms don't, you know, deteriorate. Don't worry if they actually get worse. You got a nice yacht. You got a, you got a Bugatti. You want that Aston Martin, don't you? And see, this is what's going on with the medical industry. No one trusts uh, the FDA. No one trusts the CDC. People don't trust their own doctors. This is why we're having all these discussions with the vaccines, whether or not we want to forcibly inject ourselves with these things. So when I talk about technocratic politics, you've got to understand they are scientifically using a way to corner us to get the, to, to, to get the desired outcome that they want. And if you ask me, I think that's what we're seeing with this coronavirus. It's obviously a push for the vaccine agenda, but how can they get massive swaths of people to be scared to take a shot? Scare them with all kinds of unknown factors. But here, let me get into this article right now. It says, uh, families who have lost loved ones to the, to the opioid overdoses or other opioid-related deaths cheered last week when a judge sent the founder 
of the drug maker in science to prison for five more than five years over a scheme to effectively bribe doctors into prescribing more of an opioid killer, uh, painkiller called Subsys, a drug intended for advanced cancer patients with a high tolerance for opioids. The company insisted that the drug was less addictive and dangerous than other painkillers on the market and encouraged doctors to prescribe it, quote, off-label, that is, for some reasons other than its intended purposes. The company's aggressive sale team, sales team included a former stripper who specialized in showing doctors who heavily prescribed the drug a good time. What did I just tell you? <laughs> On Tuesday, the Department of Justice announced another action related to its campaign to hold those responsible for the opioid crisis to account. In a press release, the agency revealed that it had reached a $145 million settlement with Practice Fusion, a San Francisco-based developer of IT products for the healthcare industry. The company agreed to the payment to resolve criminal and civil investigations into whether it solicited kickbacks from a, quote, major opioid manufacturer in exchange for using its technology to push doctors towards prescribing more unnecessary opioids. $26 million of, the, of, of that settlement consists of criminal fines, while roughly $118.6 million will go to the federal government and the states. Doctors relied on Practice Fusion's system to make decisions about which drugs to prescribe. This relationship wasn't just immoral, it was blatantly illegal. Prosecutors said, having violated anti-kickback statutes, quote, across the country, physicians rely on electronic health record software to provide vital patient data and unbiased medical information during critical encounters with patients, said Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Ethan Davis of the Department of Justice Civil Division, quote, kickbacks from drug companies to, to software vendors that are designed to improperly influence the physician-patient relationship are unacceptable. So basically what they're saying is they got these nerds over here at this IT company, Practice Fusion, to, to jip the system to go ahead and trick doctors to prescribe more of those opioids. It's evil. It's evil. It's wickedness. It's a drug dealer. You know, they they got to get you hooked. They can't have you fix the problem. Heck, they got to tell you something's wrong with you. You're the problem. Keep coming back to me. I'll see you next week, right? What happened to an apple a day will keep the doctor away? What happened to that? Now it's I'll see you next week, right? Because the doctor ain't doing nothing. The doctor's got a game of golf to go play. He could care less. He'll, he'll hit you up on a video chat because he's, you know, he's so busy. He'll, he'll, he'll look at you. And you can talk about your problems. This is what's going on with the modern healthcare system. This is why people have a lack of faith, a lack of trust within the medical system. I mean, my God, just, just last week or the week before last, there was a, 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 a scientist at the United Nations talking about how the vaccine safety, even the doctors who are pushing these vaccines know these things, are, these things aren't safe. This is our medical system. Oh, my God. And we'll get more into that stuff when we talk about the coronavirus and everything else. But to stay on the technocratic politic aspect of this, realize that what we're seeing right now is the uncovering of all the unjust stuff that was going on. The same way that we're seeing uh, some of these pedophile roundups happening and then all of a sudden Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. We'll see the very same thing happen with this opioid epidemic. Uh, a few people will go, will go away, but ultimately it will continue because this is a system. There is no money. There is no profit in a cure. You see, they have the cure. They just need you to pour millions and millions and millions of dollars into their pocket, die, and then they'll tell you they have the cure. This is, this is, this is, this is evil, you see. But that's how it works. They have to figure out a way to habituate you and to get you addicted to their drugs so they can extract your life. 
truly, truly wicked stuff. But again, to get back into what's actually going on, the news of the week, right here, Virginia, Virginia Congress continues gun control frenzy with nine more bills, ignoring the massive protest. We put this up January 28th. It's by Activist Post. It says, despite a massive and peaceful turnout on the lobby, on the, on the lobby day rally on January 20th, the Virginia State Congress remained totally unfazed by what the people wanted and proceeded to advance numerous unconstitutional gun, unconstitutional gun laws over the following week. While everybody has been focused on the Wuhan coronavirus, state lawmakers have been quietly eroding gun rights. This is, this is kind of what I thought. With the way that the coronavirus exploded, I knew that we had to be hiding from something. And it couldn't have been Kobe's death. It had to be something like this. And that's why we have to pay attention, even though this, this, this coronavirus is important, there are still peripheral things going on which require our attention. Continuing on, it says, proving that they don't care at all about the, people of, about the opinions of the people of Virginia, the state Senate passed a red flag gun law only two days later. Here's the summary of SB 240. It says that it creates a procedure by which any attorney of the Commonwealth or any law enforcement officer may apply to a general district court, circuit court, or juvenile and domestic relations district court judge or magistrate for an emergency substantial risk order to prohibit a person who possesses a substantial risk of injury to himself or others from purchasing, possessing, or transporting a firearm. If an emergency substantial risk is order is issued, a judge or magistrate may issue a search warrant to remove firearms from such a person. An emergency substantial risk order shall expire on the 14th day following issuance of the order. The bill requires a court hearing in the circuit court, in the circuit court for the jurisdiction where the order was issued within 14 days from the from issuance of an emergency substantial risk order to, de- to determine whether a substantial risk order should be issued. Seized firearms shall be retained by a law enforcement agency for the duration of an emergency substantial risk order or a substantial risk order or a substantial wow, risk order and with a court approval may be transferred to a third party 20 years, 21 years of age or older chosen by the person from whom they were seized. The bill also, or the bill allows the complaint the complainant of the original warrant to file a motion for the hearing to extend the substantial risk order prior to its expiration. The court may extend the substantial risk order for a period no longer than 180 days. The bill provides that person who are subjected to a substantial risk order until such order has been dissolved by a court are guilty of a class one misdemeanor for purchasing, possessing, or transferring a firearm are disqualified from having a concealed handgun permit and may not be employed by a licensed firearm dealer. The bill will also provides that a person who transfers a firearm to a person he knows has been served with a warrant or who is the subject of a substantial risk order is guilty of a class four felony. The bill creates a computerized substantial risk re- order registry for the entire for the entry of orders issued pursuant to the provisions in the bill. And so basically what you're hearing is how they're going ahead and coming for your guns, regardless of the show out that was there. The what, like 30,000 people that showed up didn't cause any problem and then like three people got arrested that ended up being Canadians and they wanted to start like a they wanted to start something there the 30,000 people that showed up that didn't mean anything to them they went ahead with these unconstitutional orders and because people are so worried about you know what's going on with with this Wuhan virus they haven't really been able to form a response that's the even crazier thing they haven't been able to form a response. And we talked about this just last week, how there was a petition. I hope you guys went and signed it, but a, 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 basically a, a petition to, 
to request Governor Northam to step down. Because at that very same time period, whenever he, he was helping write SB 240, he was also coming after the First Amendment. This is what a dictatorship looks like. This is what authoritarian governments look like. But because we're, we're, we're so distracted and so caught up in, in all these things that are going on, we haven't been able to form a response. And that's the idea, is to overwhelm us with so many problems that we can muster up or rally together to form a response. And that's very dangerous. The only way that we, we actually can rally, and that's the sad part about it, the only way that we really can rally is online, which leads me to my next and final article for this segment right here. Global dissatisfaction with democracy prepares the way for technocracy. This is written by Chloe Taylor of Technocracy. They put this up January 29th. And before I get into this actual article, I think... What's a, I, I, I want to talk about this in the right way. We've talked about how, you know, a lot of Americans, like 57% of Americans, young Americans, hate America. You know, you have people that are just like downright upset with, 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 with Trump, who hate America, who hate themselves, who hate the country, who hate everything. You know, who don't really consider them. What I'm trying to say is you see the preparation for the global citizen. You, you see the, the, the gradual foundation for the new world order, for this global government, and how, to a degree, if we use things through this technocratic lens, there are no borders. There are no walls. The only border and the wall that we have is the space in between. When we are guided by our phones, by technology, there's nothing that's going to stop us, you see. And so I, I'll be able to explain this different, better as, as we go on, but I want people to keep this type of stuff in mind. Global dissatisfaction with democracy is preparing the way for technocracy. Because it won't be communism, it won't be socialism, it won't be fascism, it won't be capitalism. It will be the technocracy, which I guess you could consider like global communism. Uh, but this is a different thing. And you already see them setting up the... the the institutional and the academic and the governmental institutions uh, using things like climate change, Green New Deal, Agenda 21, and so forth. You see, here, let me get into this article. It says, pollsters discover that 57.5% of people everywhere are discontent with democracy. The winds of social change, will, the winds of social change closely follow the anti-capitalist ideals promoted by the UN. Historically, socialism and communism have only succeeded in raising human suffering, misery, and poverty on planet Earth. However, these wrecking balls are very proficient at tearing down the social structures, which is necessary to pave the way for technocracy to sweep in. The world is unhappier with democracy than ever, new research has, has claimed. In a report published Wednesday, researchers from Cambridge University analyzed the political sentiment of more than 4 million people using data from survey projects that covered 154 countries between 1995 and 2020. The proportion of people who said that they were dissatisfied with democracy over the, la over the last year hit 57.5% according to the report, with researchers saying 2019 marked, quote, the highest level of democratic discontent on record. Authors noted that, the t that over the last 25 years, the number of individuals dissatisfied with democratic politics around the world rose from a third to more than half. Shifts in satisf satisfaction levels were often a, or often a response to, quote, objective circumstances and events, such as economic shocks and corruption scandals, the report said. 
Following the financial crisis in 2008, for example, global dissatisfaction with the functioning of democracy jumped by around 6.5%. Many large democracies, including the U.S., Australia, U.K., and Brazil, were now at their highest ever level of dissatisfaction with democracy. According to the report, the U.S. in particular had seen a, quote, dramatic and unexpected decline in satisfaction with democracy. When the survey began in 1995, more than 75% of U.S. citizens were satisfied with American democracy. The first big knock came with financial crisis, the report showed, and satisfaction has continued to deteriorate year on year ever since. Fewer than 50% of Americans are now content with democracy in their country, marking the first time on record that a majority of U.S. citizens were dissatisfied with their system of government. Yeah, and that's where we're at today. We are seeing a whole new form of government take place. And I think that's kind of crazy as well because Google, Google, Facebook, Twitter, and all of these, these, these social media giants, they are now the government. They are the global dictators. And that's something that people have to keep in mind. So, so as we see that there are other ways to do things and that our governments are not really representing people, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, we begin to see that there are other ways of doing things, that we can rally online, that we can create the social change that we want using technology. But that's the sad part, is it's a double-edged sword. They expect these things. So when I talk to you about technocratic politics, understand that this is what I mean, and that this is just the beginning. But speaking of just the beginning, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about just the beginning of Event 201, the coronavirus or the controlled epidemic. We're going to be talking about the patent for an attenuated coronavirus. Uh, scientists calling for a draconian measure, John's dr draconian measures to stop the spread. Johnson and Johnson advising on the coronavirus and coming up with a vaccine. You have Novartis, a CEO, saying that they also can come up with a vaccine. It's going to take a year. You're seeing a whole push with this problem reaction solution, this craziness, this epidemic surrounding the coronavirus. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course. Not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first. The places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it. 
the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home. And we're back. Did you like that? Did you like that plug? Part of me felt bad for putting it in there uh, because we're not the type to do a lot of fear-mongering like that. But I think where we also need to come from is the angle of being a solutionary. Not reactionary or even revolutionary, but being a solutionary. And these days, more often than not, there are solutions. And that's why we decided to work with My Patriot Supply. Uh, we will be carrying some of their products in the store. Uh, you get 10% off using our code and using our link automatically, uh, and they, they, they work with us. The crazy part, too, and this is one of the reasons why I chose them, they realize that uh, government institutions, organizations like FEMA, Red Cross, uh, and even private institutions are literally buying up all kinds of storable goods and storable foods. And so My Patriot Supply has decided to not, do, not go that route, not sell out to all these other people and they want to be able to provide you civilians american civilians worldwide civilians they want to be able to provide you guys with quality storable food that is good for you that lasts that has like a shelf life of like five years so i'll put their link in the description bar below so you guys can check it out but this is this is what i'm talking about these are the type of things that we inherently know that we all that that, that we sometimes kind of get punch drunk on we think, oh, word, well, you know, the world's this crazy, so, you know, I don't really need to prepare, just, you know, uh, take the mushrooms, spark a doobie, uh, take a shot, watch it all burn. And that kind of attitude is what we need to really fight against. That's what I mean by people blissing out. I get it. We're so woke that we're not going to do anything because there's nothing we can do. That, is, that, to me, again, is a very dangerous stance to take. I feel like because we are aware of so many different things, we, we tongue-in-cheek talk about being lights in the world, being paradigm shifters, light workers, you know, revolutionaries, oh, agents of change. But most people won't get off their couch to prepare for themselves. Most people won't get out there into the neighborhood to help their community. Most people won't get out there involved to actually do the effort, and that's the problem. So when I tell you that we need to be more of solutionaries instead of reactionaries, my Patriot Supply was one of the reasons why we chose them. So, let's start talking about Event 201, the coronavirus, or the Wuhan virus. <laughs> and it is insane. I think everybody can see that. This, uh, this, this virus has literally taken the world by storm, and we are all just as, just as confused, just as we're, we're, we're at a loss. I think a lot of people are at a loss for words. Uh, so, with that being said... Let me just start getting into getting into the content. Uh, a, a couple of days ago, whenever all this stuff started breaking out, information started surf surfacing 
about how the U.S. had a patent for an attenuated coronavirus that was filed in 2015 and granted in 2018. Ironically enough, Bill and Melinda Gates have their fingers involved in it. They have through Pilbright, and that's what you can see right here in this secondary, or Perbright in this secondary slide right here, uh, July 23rd, 2015, the Perbright Institute, the coronavirus. They have a patent for it for a, a smaller, more weaker version of it. And a few months ago, they ran a simulation. I think it was three months before this actual outbreak took place. They ran a simulation uh, saying that it would affect hundreds of thousands of people. And so why am I pointing that out before I start getting into all this stuff? It's because you have to see that just like I say with the Hegelian dialectic, the problem, reaction, solution, they prepared for this. They prepared for an outbreak. That's why I'm calling it a controlled out, a controlled epidemic or a controlled pandemic, however you want to look at it. There's cases here in America. There's cases in Switzerland. There's cases in Germany. There's cases in Europe. There's cases everywhere. Okay? And what's even crazier about it, too, is, is you're not going to see a... a you're not going to see a crazy response because that's that's going to trigger the panic that people know about. And the reason I'm talking about My Patriot Supply not selling out to all these other organizations is because they don't want to trigger a response as well. You have military people who are going on to Walmart, Costco's, loading up multiple uh, uh, multiple carts saying, all right, cool, I think this will do for now. They know something we don't know. Government knows something we don't know. You have people that are coming from China and Canada stopping their flight and then being taken to Air Force Reserve bases so they can get checked out. There's something going on with this virus. I don't think it's hype. I don't think it's hoax. I think it's real. Uh, I don't think the, the, the numbers, they don't, they don't add up for sure. I think they will double over time. But that's what I'm saying is I think a lot of this was organized and engineered. Uh, one of the comments we got on our most recent video talked about how we how we're how we're gradually drifting into the waters of telling people to take the vaccine shot. That's not what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is tell you how they're trying to set up the scenario and the stage for millions of people to take whatever kind of shot that is, and that's what's tripping me out. Okay, so here let's 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 get back into the information so we can stay uh, stay on code with this. So like I said, last week we put up that the U.S. Pat, that the U.S. has a patent for this, okay? And then I'm going to play for you guys another quick video where we pull out, uh, again, last week, a high-level pandemic exercise that was conducted three months ago. This stuff is crazy. Uh, and just, just for the record's sake, just so I can get this out here, um, I want to play this, guys. Let's, let's play this for you. We put this up January 24th. Uh, it's by Jeffrey Grider of Now the End Begins. It says China goes on lockdown with Wuhan coronavirus as health authorities alarmingly predict sickness will soon infect 350,000 in the Chinese province. And the video that I'm playing for you guys uh, right now, audio listeners, is of people in their PPE, their protective gear, literally standing outside of an airport carrying either MP5s or assault rifles of some kind, uh, getting ready to detain people. And then the, in, in, the, in the same post on the, sa uh, the next slide shows a fleet of vans lining up to ship vegetables and meat in Wuhan after the city goes into lockdown due to the coronavirus. Oh, my gosh. And right here, 
Uh, this is by the Minds Unleashed. They put this up January 24th. I'll get you guys some more current numbers after this, but it says China quarantines 46 million in 16 cities as the coronavirus spreads across the world at an alarming rate. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty intense. I'll play this for you real quick, and it has a great thing, a great little report put out by CNBC. Um, and this is a few days before, six days ago, uh, January 23rd, they say that 23 million people are currently on lockdown. Let's play this video for you guys. It says that the biolab for the, quote, most dangerous pathogens on Earth opened in Wuhan before the outbreak. Let's take a listen. So, Brian, it's seven cities right now and uh, 23 million people all effectively under quarantine because of this virus. Now, the cities are all clustered around Wuhan, as you had pointed out, is the epicenter of the outbreak. Uh, Wuhan residents are being told to stay at home and not to leave the city. And the authorities are making sure that people don't travel outside. In fact, uh, all public transport has been suspended. Outbound trains and flights also suspended. No private coaches, ferries, no chartered vehicles. And as of tonight, you can't use car hailing apps very limited taxi services, and the only way out at this point is if you drive your own car or convince a taxi driver to take you onto one of the highways. But if you do get to the highway, you should expect a health check. Now, the government has been under criticism both at home and overseas for being a bit slow to respond. And it seems as though Beijing is now moving in the opposite direction. So, Brian, it's seven. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. So before I get into... Uh, more current information. Again, I just want to set you, set you guys up for this so you all understand what's going on. I'm, I'm going back to earlier in this month, January 15th, to where we had a scientist at the World Health Organization, what I had mentioned earlier, um, talking about the inefficacy surrounding vaccines. But keep this in mind, guys, because we already know this. I mean, listeners of this show, you guys already understand that we have a hesitancy when it comes to trusting vaccines. Boom, right here. Scientists share facts about the vaccines at World Health Organization Conference for Vaccine Safety. Um, and the chief scientist for the World Health Organization, she's a pediatrician, Dr. Sumya Swami Nathan. Uh, she's basically talking about how we don't trust the vaccines. So before I play for you guys this video and get in this article, in the, in, in, in the minicast that we did earlier this week, I had this crazy revelation over here on my notes where I talk about how, you know, right here, the scientist that shares vaccines are becoming faulty. We, we heard about this last week. But all last year, we heard the Fed book was removing vaccine information, that they were criminalizing and penalizing people who were sharing information about vaccines because they didn't want information known about it. We inherently knew that the vaccines were in, causing injury. People don't know that there's a whole separate fund to deal with these people who have vaccine injury because they don't understand that these, these checks and regulations regarding the vaccines aren't done here, that, 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 that China actually manufactures our vaccines. It's a crazy thing that's going on with that. People don't know the history of vaccines, period. But again, that's what we were trying to do on Facebook by informing the public. I talked about this too on the minicast all throughout 2019 as well, that the World Health Organization declared anti-vaxxers as the top health, top health threat of 2019. So that was all last year and the year before. Here, let me get some more perspective for you. All of the 2010s, like 2010 to 2020, realized that we saw a literal slaughtering 
of holistic forward slash homeopathic practitioners, people who were helping get people away from big pharma, away from injecting. You have people that were able to cure uh, uh, some forms of autism, mild, mild autism. There's all kinds of truths and all kinds of uh, solutions in medicine. My God. <laughs> I, before coming onto the air, I posted about how mil- uh, hundreds of thousands of medicines are still being used, and it all comes from plants. We don't need this pharmaceutical nonsense, but because of the narrative and that perception battle that's going on right now, people are demanding for a vaccine. That's why I had to post that a, a, a strong dose of vitamin C can actually co- combat this. People don't understand that taking your health back has become a revolutionary act. Now it's getting to the point where people want government to provide them with the solution. Ah, I'm scared. Corona forward slash Wuhan virus. Shoot me up. Save me. That's dangerous. But again, just keep that in mind, that incremental step to where we have to jump off this cliff that they've taken us to, where they have removed information about uh, holistic and homeopathic remedies to get our health back, to where they've removed any information regarding vaccine safety, to where we have to trust these people. Again, just think about where they have taken us. Let me play for you guys this quick video, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll continue on more with the actual Wuhan virus We put this up January 15th. It's by Aaron Walia of Collective Evolution. And again, that article title says, Scientists Share Facts About Vaccines at the World Health Organization Conference for Vaccine Safety. And they just casually admit that they don't trust them. I think we cannot overemphasize the fact that that we really don't have very good safety uh, monitoring systems in many countries and this adds to the miscommunication and the misapprehensions because we're not able to give clear-cut answers when people ask questions about the deaths that have occurred due to a particular vaccine and this always gets blown up in the media uh, one should be able to give uh, a, a very factual account of what exactly is happening what the cause of deaths are but in most cases there's some obfuscation at that level and and therefore there's uh, less and less trust then in, in, in the system. Putting in place the mechanisms, whether they're cohort studies or whether they're sentinel surveillance sites, to be able to, uh, to monitor uh, what's going on and report back and then for corrective action to be taken because unexpected things could arise uh, after introduction and one always has to be prepared. As Yeah, I'm just listening to uh, Dr. Samya say that and isn't it the climate scientists who always say science is not an exact science? Couldn't that very same thought process be applied to vaccines that their science isn't an exact science? I mean, even the people who are saying they're developing a vaccine for coronavirus, they have no idea what they're looking for because some of these symptoms, they're, they're, it's, it's not typical. So again, is the science an exact science? And if that's the case, why are we being used as the guinea pigs? I'm just saying... You know, I'm just curious. Uh, So, yeah, to get back into the coronavirus and to raise, to get back into this stuff, let's 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 start talking about. So clearly, we have a skepticism and a hesitation when it comes to viruses, vaccines, and these sometimes almost pre-programmed responses to these types of things. Um, This next video I'm going to play for you guys. It is in relation to the, the the coronavirus. It's a twofold thing. Something I'm sure I'll talk about more in the future. Uh, Hong Kongers are rioting over plans to use public housing as cor- as coronavirus quarantine. So we've been following 
the Hong Kong protests from the extradition bill for basically all of last year. Now, China, these shady, shady people, China, they're deciding to ship over the people who have contracted the, cor- the, the coronavirus, put them in quarantine in Hong Kong. That's crazy to me. Let me, let me, I'll, I'll play for you guys this quick video and then I'll describe what you're seeing in these furnished units for quarantine people in Hong Kong. When you walk in, uh, you're essentially seeing a table, you know, they give you a scrub brush, looks like some soap, uh, something to put lemonade or water in. They give you a chair so you can sit there and contemplate your life, uh, a fan, a heater, um, and, a wa- and a water dispenser of some kind, a bed with a single blanket, an end table, so you can put like your, your phone or a book, and that's it. That's it. It is a glorified place to die. Oh, my bad. They, they give you a fan, too. Jeez. And this is how they are handling the situation. Let me get into this article. We put this up January 27th. It's by Tyler Durden of Zero Hedge. It says, as if Hong Kongers didn't have enough of a reason to riot already, dozens of mass demonstrators started fires and built barricades, recalling some of the worst unrest of the pro-democracy movement protests last summer. In addition to barricading a road in Fan Lang District, protesters also scattered trash in the streets and hurled petrol bombs at the lobbies of buildings, Bloomberg reported. Hong Kong has confirmed six cases of the Wuhan virus already, and the government had already announced plans to block travel into Hong Kong from the quarantine city. The riots come after Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam upgraded the government's response against the coronavirus to the highest level on Saturday and warned that the outbreak could deepen Hong Kong's already punishing recession, which of course was caused by the pro-democracy movement and the months of unrest which have only recently begun to die down. Some demonstrators were motivated by the fact that the quarantine would be disquietingly close to their homes, others because they didn't want approved applicants to lose their new homes. Hong Kong's government said that it had at least three quarantine facilities lined up and added that it was preparing a fourth. Initially, the city denied that it was planning to use the site as a quarantine, but reporters showed that some of the apartment had already been furnished, apparently, by the government. And for video listeners or for video watchers, that's what you're seeing right there. Those furnished apartments for quarantine people to go live in. And what's crazy, I want to read to you guys um, this video that we put up right before we came onto the air. It's this guy who's in Hong Kong. Um, actually, he's, he's in Wuhan, and he's just talking about it. And the way that he's talking about it, he references these, these, these quarantine sites. And I'm just going to play it for you. Um, I'm going to try to read it to you as, as, as he's speaking. But we put this up literally today, January 30th. It says, quote, I'm in an apocalypse. New accounts from Wuhan. Detailed coronavirus outbreak. It says, imagine being a Wuhan citizen. Living here, imagine if you were me. Your family, your friends, your acquaintances mysteriously contract the disease. It's not that they've refused to cooperate. They just have no choice. They can't get any medical treatments. They can't even get a diagnosis. They can only sit and wait to die. And the symptoms of the virus are not like what the officials are saying, like a fever or a cough or whatever. Actually, even if you have no fever and no cough, you could still have the disease. And it's not only through oral transmission. You can also be infected through your eyes. This is already confirmed. We are really hopeless 
We're really helpless. Not all of us are brainwashed. We want to live an open life of democracy, freedom. And we, too, want to go on the Internet, YouTube and Twitter, uh, without having to use a VPN, a virtual private network. And so this is literally happening live time. We are watching an epidemic engulf the entire world, and we're having to trust China. Shady, shady China. We're having to trust China to make sure that they give us enough information to, 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 to battle this. When we're having these trade wars with them, we're going back and forth with them. You know, relations aren't good, this, that, and the third. We're going to have to trust China to give us the proper numbers and the information about this. That's what's crazy. Here, let me, let me play for you guys this next video. That's how this whole segment is kind of going to be. Me playing, going over articles, playing stuff for you, and then breaking down what that kind of means. Uh, let, let me play for you guys this quick video of the scientists who simulated the global corona outbreak three months ago and him making this chilling statement. Uh, I'll say this and then we'll get into the article. We put this up January 27th. It's by The Minds Unleashed. It's by Aaron Kessel. Uh, and this report comes from CNBC. Let's take a listen. Most people have never even heard of the coronavirus. Well, those of us in public health know about the coronaviruses. Yeah. Yes, we know about SARS, we know about MERS. We've been concerned about them for a long time. We chose a coronavirus for this, uh, for this exercise because uh, of the threat that coronaviruses pose. The point of the exercise, however, was not the number of deaths. It was to point out that there could be societal and economic consequences from a severe pandemic, not just health consequences. You're a, not only a doctor, but a special, you specialize in health security, Eric. I'm just curious what you make of the quarantine efforts uh, that have been put in place by Chinese officials and if those will be effective in containing this virus. Well, this is the largest uh, ever effort to quarantine a city. Um, and I'm afraid I, I think it's unlikely to be effective. I think that people will have already have escaped. Yeah. Most people have never even heard of the coronavirus. Yeah. I have, a, uh, I have a friend of mine that is currently in Shanghai, and let's just say she's on her way back. Um, you know, like I said, I'll play for you guys this real quick clip, and then we'll get into the next article. Uh, but you have, you know, Americans that are being flown to military bases to stop some of the control of the pandemic, and that's not going to help anything because if these people are already on the plane, then they've affected the people that are already there, you know. So you've really got to start thinking about the vector rate of these actual of this actual uh, outbreak, man, and, and, and all this stuff. A, ma a mass isn't going to help if it's actually contracted through your eyes. And so I don't want to scare people because I'm not a biologist, an immunologist, or I don't work for the CDC or any of this type of stuff. But people really need to understand what's actually going on. Um, and I don't want to scare people. I don't want to get into a fear-mongering mode or any of this type of stuff. But it is a very real situation. For our audio listeners, I'll read you the, the, the article headline. It says, CDC diverts flight of American evacuees to military base in California as coronavirus pandemic spreads. This is by Mike Adams of Natural News. They put this up January 29th. It says the CDC ordered a flight of up to 240 American evacuees from the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic region to be diverted to a military base in the United States, reports the Epoch Times. Upon orders from the CDC, the flight was diverted to the March Air Reserve Base in Riverside County, California, yesterday evening before the flight was diverted by the CDC. It made a stop at a private terminal in Alaska. 
As the Epoch Time reports, the Boeing 747 stopped at a private terminal at Ted Stevens Anchorage International Airport in Alaska before taking off to its final destination. The plane was slated to land in Ontario International Airport about 35, 35 miles east of Los Angeles, 350 miles, that's what I'd figure, east of Los Angeles, but was diverted by the Centers for Disease Control, uh, the CDC. Kurt Hagman, chairman of the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors and commissioner at Ontario Airport, said that the CDC officials alerted him to the diversion. After the flight was diverted to the military base, the CDC refused to comment on why the sudden change of plans. However, a statement from the U.S. Department of Defense via Press Secretary Elisa Farah stated that this March Air Reserve Base and the Department of Defense stand ready to provide housing support to the Department of Health and Human Services as they work to handle the arrival of nearly 200 people, including Department of State employees, dependents, on, and U.S. citizens evacuated from Wuhan, China. So, yeah, those very same people that are Americans are being detained and put inside military bases so they can watch what's going on. This next video I'm going to play for you guys, and then I'll get into an actual article, and we'll break that down for you, is how robots are delivering food to those sick people. So you know how I just showed you the video of those quarantine apartments that they have in Hong Kong? They're now sending robots to deal with these people because they don't want to have any contact. If it, if it, can, only be, if it can be spread through your eyeballs, through a cough, and through other kind of transmission, human-to-human transmission, you need, to, you need to eliminate human interaction as a whole. But one of the things that I want to point out too before playing this video is what that scientist said that in in relation to running the actual tabletop drill, running that simulation. That it's not so much about health, but it's more or less to see the social economic or the societal and economical impacts of what an outbreak would do. Remember, even when we were relate when we were talking about um Hong Kong, and how now some of these protesters are just, how, how the protests in Hong Kong are beginning to die down, and how that has negatively affected the, the economy. Well, think about it. If you combine climate change protests with, uh, wide, with, with these diseases, who's going to work? Who's going to be working? The economies are going to shut down. If, you, if, if, if they're going to quarantine an entire city, who's going to run, oh, I don't know, the plant, the power plant? For the city. This is something that I got into when I started talking about it on the on, on the Instagram live with you guys, with these end of the world scenarios that celebrities are running from. For, you know, with what's going to happen if society begins to break down? We're, we're gradually talking about social disintegration. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about civil unrest. Forty percent of it is expected to forty percent of the world is is, is projected to experience civil unrest. What's going to happen? You, you see, this, this is why whenever I tell you that we are in a perfect storm of chaos, we really should start thinking about what's actually going on and how this could negatively impact not only our lives, but the world economy as well. And that's, again, why they have to have this global pandemic so they can create a global response. But here, let me get in this next article for you guys to start uh, painting a better picture for you. Right here, we put this up January 27th. It's by Tyler Durden of Zero Hedge. It says, scientists insist that 44,000 are already infected in Wuhan. They call for, quote, draconian measures to stop the spread. What do you think those draconian measures are? What could be more draconian than quarantining 
23 million people. Is this the video? Let, let me see if this is the video that actually has the slide where you're seeing, uh, I don't think this is it. I'm going to get this for you. I'm going to look for this, this slide, guys. It's of basically an entire town looking like a ghost town being fumigated as a, as a, as a truck drives down the street because, it, because it's airborne. The virus is airborne. They're literally spraying some kind of unknown chemical into the sky hoping to try to stop it. So no, not people uh, dropping dead in the streets, infect people being detained in quarantine boxes. Uh, right here, they put this up January 23rd, 4.32 a.m. Today in Wuhan district in China, everyone was restricted from moving out or inside of the city and everyone to stay indoors to prevent further spread of the deadly coronavirus. And you got... It just it just sounds ominous, and uh, for our audio listeners, it was exactly that. It's a uh, it's of a some vehicle going up and down the street as they're entirely empty. People, I'm sure, inside of their high rise apartments, watching the smoke rise up into the sky as it drifts into you know uh, their air conditioners. You know, you you really got to think about the the craziness surrounding this. Um, I just want to play real quick for you guys another video. Uh, too, just to get this on record, this is of another man in China pointing at another man as he's falling onto the floor, and you see people in these mobile medical vans coming to pick him up to take him God knows where. You know, and this is this is crazy because you know this is coming from China, and yet somehow it's found its way over here into America and onto the internet. This is why they're trying to shut down information regarding the Wuhan virus coming straight out of China. What's crazy too is I saw I saw I saw an article floating around saying that you're going to get seven years in jail if you if you in China if you independently report on the Wuhan virus because they're literally trying to make sure that people don't know about this they're literally they're trying to cover it up it's crazy it really is right here uh, we we put this up six days ago. The coronavirus or the crown virus has people dropping dead in the streets, infected or being detained in quarantine boxes at travel hubs. And this, this video is a compilation of ones. You have doctors inside of planes drawing blood. Uh, you have people outside of the airport in these, these quarantine boxes running around, uh, detaining people, putting them inside them if they are suspected of being infected. It is nuts. And so you're not hearing a lot of this stuff come out over here in American media simply because it's too much. It is legit too much for people. So to get back to these things, uh, talking about these draconian measures, what do you think these draconian measures are? If, what, what could be more draconian than running around with a quarantine box snatching people up at the airport? What could be more draconian than stopping a flight mid-flight saying, you come to this military base, give us these people... Don't mention it. What could be more draconian than that? Let's get into this article. Uh, this is from Zero Hedge. We put this up January 27th. It says, now that health officials in China have admitted that patients infected with the novel uh, coronavirus often become contagious long before symptoms emerge, and Canada may or may not have just 
confirmed its first case of human-to-human transmission, health officials around the world have finally listened to some of the experts who warned about the virus's lethal potential and were being and were rewarded and with accusations of being an alarmist. And now and nowhere is that advice being followed more closely than Hong Kong, where the city government has already inspired riot, riots after considering using a new public housing project as a quarantine for virus victims. The pushback to that plan was surprising and appears to be an isolated incident because University of Hong Kong academics are urging the city's government to embrace, quote, draconian measures to stop history from repeating itself. And they say that because we've had plagues in 1720, 1820, and 1920. The, 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 the Black Plague, the cholera outbreak, and the bubonic plague. They want to make sure that history doesn't repeat itself, and that's why we've got to figure out some kind of way to get our, our, get it, get our hands around the situation. That's what they mean by draconian measures. How, are, how in the world are you going to, to vaccinate or inoculate 23 of those mil, 23 million people that are in lockdown? How are you going to screen that? How are you going to process that many people? And how It's insane. Continuing on, Hong Kong was rocked by SARS 17 years ago when the virus, one of the seven coronavirus strains, tore through the city's financial district, causing 300 deaths, according to the South China Morning Post. As we mentioned earlier, the dean of Hong Kong University's med school revealed research during a presser on Monday showing that the virus had already infected nearly 44,000 people in Wuhan. Meanwhile, Professor Neil Ferguson, at the least second UK academic to public, at the last second, at least the second UK academic to publicly share his projections, said over the weekend that 100,000 people could already be infected with the virus around the world, according to The Guardian. Lead researcher and dean of HKU's facility of medicine, Gabriel Luang, said that their models indicated that the number of cases in China would double in 6.2 days. Officials around the world have only confirmed 2,901 cases so far, while 2,839 of those cases are in mainland China. Among other things, Luang said, sustained human-to-human transmission has already been proven. Quote, we have, been, we have to be prepared that this particular epidemic may be about to become a global epidemic. And that's what we're saying. That this is a global epidemic. That it requires a global solution. And that's exactly their plan. They, they have a global problem. Everybody's contracting it. So we need a global solution. Vaccines. Mass productions of vaccines. If you again, if you guys want another rabbit hole to go down, look at the global health security agenda. They have been preparing for this. They just needed the right outbreak to to bring it up to bring it out. Uh, but continuing in, to, continuing again with that kind of pre-programmed response, that rollout. Like I said, because this is event two hundred one, the controlled epidemic, the coronavirus. They they they, they plan for this. To again show how we're not really prepared for this level of epidemic, we don't have the, the tools, we don't have the resources. So I guess we have to start forming them. We have to we have to create a supranational organization to deal with this. You see how it's just gradually leading towards that way. But here, let me play for you guys this quick video of a, a Johnson and Johnson official saying that they could actually come up with a vaccine in a short amount of time. They just need, what was the word they use? Regulatory flexibility? Yeah. 
this comes from Activist Post. We put this up January 27th. It says Johnson & Johnson advised the coronavirus simulation and now stands to gain financially with their new vaccine. Let's take a listen. Prior to the coronavirus outbreak, the John Hopkins Center for Health Security hosted Event 201, which is a high-level pandemic exercise focused on a coronavirus outbreak. We're at the start of what's looking like it will be a severe pandemic. We could be looking at double the number of cases in one week and 16 times as many in a month if we are not able to stop the spread. Yes, they ran a simulation of exactly what we are seeing unfold right now before it happened. The pandemic exercise was conducted in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. During Event 201, Johnson & Johnson was I'm sorry, what, specifically about I'm a coronavirus. Sorry, what was that? Who did this? Did he say the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Let's back that up so we, so we get that on record. Who ran this? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Oh. During Event 201, Johnson & Johnson was asked specifically about a coronavirus vaccine. And I, think, I think before we before we um, agree that we're finite resource, we need to really challenge ourselves on the vaccine production. We've seen historically that we can actually produce an Ebola vaccine in a year. Um, it requires flexibility on the regulatory side. It requires commitment from companies. But I, I do think that before we say that a vaccine is not available, we should not slow down on that. We should pursue yes. that. And I think similarly, we need to explore how can we accelerate production of our anti, uh, antivirals. We've seen it happen before in the HIV crisis. It's possible, but decisions need to be made and we need to bring the right people together to do that. Okay. And for the moment, before we are able to accelerate the production of the antiviral, do you have any initial reaction since you are potentially one of the companies that could be part of this deliberation? Well, we've seen work uh, very well in the HIV field is in fact procurement through the Global Fund. So having a centralized mechanism, so financial, financially able to procure on behalf of affected countries okay. can be critical. I think the second thing, the second thing is, um, it's going to be very important that for the business sector, for manufacturers of anti antivirals, that we have clarity around what the need is and where the need is and who are making the decisions. As you just heard, when asked, the Johnson Johnson representative talked about the need for regulatory flexibility for an accelerated vaccine, financing, and business. Not once did he mention safety and or effectiveness. And we see today in the news, Johnson & Johnson are currently working on a new vaccine that they are, quote, pretty confident can be quickly developed. For more, be sure to turn into my recent report covering Event 201 and all of the connections and coincidences. Prior to the coronavirus outbreak. There you have it. Event 201. A global pandemic exercise. And they're already, like I said, they're already rolling out the vaccine. If it's not Johnson & Johnson, guess what? It'll be another company. Here, you don't believe me? Check it out. The CEO for the Novartis company said that it says that a corona vaccine will, quote, take over a year to develop. Let's listen. Yeah, when, when I look at it first, we've been ensuring that our Novartis associates in China have the, the right protections in place, and I think we've taken the right steps. 
I would also say our global supply chain, we've done a, a careful evaluation of our ability to continue to deliver medicines to patients uh, from our, our supply chains in China as well as globally, and we feel very comfortable with where we are. So we don't see any disruptions for, for the coming months, and we'll continue, of course, to monitor that. I think more broadly, we just have to keep understanding the epidemiology of this of this virus, really understand the overall uh, transmission rate, case fatality rate. I think a lot of data is now coming out, some great publications as well, and some medical journals really trying to understand this virus. The reality is it will take over a year, my expectation, to really find a, a new vaccine for this. So we need to really use epidemiology logical controls to, to really get this uh, situation in a better place. It feels like these kinds of things keep happening. We had H1N1 not so long ago. Now we have the... Yeah, when, when I look yeah at you're right. These things do just keep happening, and we don't know why. What's even worse is the fact that these, these, these diseases, they compound on one another. That's what I mean by superbugs that are becoming drug-resistant. Now we just have these things that are literally over here devastating and wiping out entire cities. And we don't know what to do because we're not... <laughs> we're not really trained or aware of these things, and that's why it's really becoming uh, much more of an issue than you think. So I want to play for you guys one more clip, talk about uh, how a Harvard chemistry chair and two Chinese nationals were arrested for lying about their Chinese ties and apparently smuggling some kind of biological material. I don't know what's going on with that. Seems like Harvard's got some stuff going on with China. And I want to close out this segment with an article that says that vitamin C can protect against the coronavirus. I don't want to leave you guys stranded. I want to be able to provide you situations or solutions with my Patriot Supply and at the same time provide you with low-cost, uh, simple, simple life decisions that you can make to begin fixing your immune system, fixing your health, and getting your, getting your head around this. Uh, but here, we put this up January 29th. It's by End Times Headlines. It says 200 Americans have been evacuated as, China's, as Chinese coronavirus cases jump to 5,974, surpassing the outbreak. It says the, corona out, the coronavirus outbreak in China has reached a dangerous milestone, surpassing the SARS outbreak that worried the world decades ago. With more cases being confirmed every day, the new virus has now infected at least 5,974 people compared to the 5,374 SARS victims in China from 2002 to 2003. The current outbreak may be less deadly, though. The new coronavirus, 2009 NCOV, has killed 132 compared to the 348 people killed by SARS in China. Countries have begun evacuating their citizens from Wuhan, the Chinese city that is the epicenter of the new virus. More than 200 Americans are now on their way home. Those 200 Americans were stopped in California. They were brought to the March Air Reserve Base. Those 200 American evacuees, uh-uh, they got taken to a base. So let's play this report for you guys, and then I'll close the segment out for you. The explosion of confirmed cases abroad has prompted American officials to increase screening of passengers traveling from China. CDC has reassessed its entry strategy and decided to expand to screening travelers from the five airports originally to 20 airports in the United States. Tuesday, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said the U.S. has offered to send a team to China to collect data and help control the spread, but the offer has fallen flat. We are urging China. More cooperation and transparency are the most important steps you can take 
toward a more effective response. But in Beijing Tuesday, during a meeting with the director of the World Health Organization, President Xi Jinping said China is ready to work with the international community. This is a major, major issue, major public health issue, and we basically just need the best public health people we have in the world working on this. Right? The yeah. explosion of confirmed cases. You would, you would think. I mean, we have people coming together to talk about climate change, uh, transhumanism, and all this other stuff. Why not have somebody to come together to deal with all these 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 outbreaks, uh, these viruses, and, and so much more that we're going to see breaking out here in the future? And that's. <laughs> This is the setup for global government. I think everybody kind of sees that. Um, you know, we're having trade wars with China. We're having all kinds of issues with them. And then out of nowhere, boom, this happens. So this is, this is, some people are saying it's planned. They're saying that it's a, it's, it's a plot to bring down the Chinese economy because it happened right around Chinese New Year, one of their most uh, bountiful seasons of the year one of the, the, the time where they have like the most economic traffic and then they got crippled this way. They're saying that that was a message to them in so many different ways. I'm not sure. But again, what we're gradually talking about is how you have evil people in the background dictating world government policy or world policy and governments responding. It's crazy. So I don't want to spend too much time on this. I just kind of want to put this on here just to, uh, just to say it's kind of curious, you know, who knows if this guy got set up as a patsy or if he was going along with it willingly but you have a Harvard official apparently having ties with Chinese nationals and smuggling in some kind of biological material. Uh, I think that's kind of crazy. You, it, it, it uh, it's it's trippy to to say the least. Uh, it it is trip it is trippy. You have the chemistry department head Charles Lieber along with two Chinese nationals. One is a Boston University researcher who was once a lieutenant in the People's Liberation Army, according to prosecutors. And the second was a cancer researcher who tried to smuggle 21 vials of biological materials in his sock, allegedly. Lieber has been arrested, though it's not clear if he's still in custody. Though the officials charged was lying to investigators, Lieber's action looked like an unvarnished attempt at espionage, complete with an extremely seductive monetary reward. Lieber was reportedly paid $50,000 a month wow, uh, by Wuhan University of Technology for participating in its, quote, Thousand Talents program, and was given more than $1.5 million to establish a lab and do research at Wuhan University of Technology, according to the federal prosecutors in Boston, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, according to the prosecutors, Lieber de deliberately lied to the Defense Department officials about his, quote, foreign research collaborations when Defense Department investigators asked Mr. Lieber in 2018 about his foreign research collaborations. He told them he had never been asked to participate in the Thousand Talents program, the complaint said. But Mr. Lieber had signed such a talent contract with the Wuhan University in 2012, the complaint said. NIH also asked Harvard about Mr. Lieber's affiliation with Wuhan that same year, the complaint said. After interviewing Mr. Lieber, Harvard told NIH in January 2009 that Mr. Lieber had no formal affiliation with Wuhan after 2012, and he had never participated in the Thousand Talents program, even though Mr. Lieber had a formal relationship with the university through 2017. So basically what we're talking about is how this is a, again, <laughs> It's right there in Wuhan. This guy's smuggling material. He's hanging out in Harvard. You've got to put the pieces together. Who knows if it's actually the same material? This guy could have been set up as a, as a patsy just to let this stuff go. It is truly crazy. It is insane what's going on. 
you have over 110 suspected cases in, 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 in America already happening. I'm going to play for you guys this quick video, and then we're going to get into that article about how vitamin C can help protect against the coronavirus. This is nuts. Do you see, do you see how much information I'm having to just compile together to give you like a, 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 a comprehensive view on one particular topic? This is nuts. Right here, we put this up January 28th. It's by SCHF Plan. CDC says 110 suspected coronavirus cases identified in the U.S., yet public health risk remains low. Someone here in the Valley confirmed to have the newly identified strain of the coronavirus, making this the fifth case in the U.S. and the first here in Arizona. A lot of misinformation is out there right now about what this actually means, but our Adam Waltz is live at the Department of Health Services on ASU's Tempe campus with more on what we need to know, Adam. Nick, we know that Maricopa County's first confirmed case of the new strain of coronavirus is linked to an adult in the ASU community. That person recently returning from China, where that person visited the Wuhan province, the center of the disease, and we are actually... Oh, okay. Um, here. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and go into... Uh, how vitamin C protects against coronavirus. I think you guys get it. They're saying that there's five cases here in the U.S. I'm sure it's more. And I'm sure that number's go- that number is going to double, if not triple, by next week. I would, I would not be surprised if we saw that number hit astronomical, hit like a, a crazy number, simply because of how fast this is exploding, how underprepared we are, the infection rate, the vector rate, the transmission rate, and so much more. And so to end this segment, to you, my good listeners, I'm not saying that this is a, 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 a end-all, be-all. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is this is a potential step to begin to start taking your health back, start caring. We need to have conversations about what iodine is. We need to have conversations about what vitamin K is, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, doing system detoxes, and so much more. I, if, you, if you ask me, I think a lot of people who... A lot of people who, who have symptoms, they go to WebMD, they diagnose themselves, they have all these problems. It, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If people really were able to understand their biology and get involved in health so much more, I don't think we would have this. But because we have such an ignorance in that category, people don't know. Very, very strange. Uh, and so I'll put this link in the description bar below so you can check it out if you want it um, as well. I'm hoping somebody makes a meme about it, helps save some lives. But this next article comes from Green Med Info. Uh, it was originally pu- published over there at orthomolecular.org. It's by Andrew W. Saul. Uh, we put this up January 29th, and it says that vitamin C protects against the coronavirus. If you guys actually go to the article, it's got source links and references and materials to where you can go and find it there. And I'm going to put this link in the description bar below so you guys can get access to it. But continuing on with this article, it says that the coronavirus pandemic can be dramatically slowed or stopped with the immediate widespread use of high doses of vitamin C. Physicians have demonstrated the powerful antiviral action of vitamin C for decades. There has been a lack of media coverage of this effective and successful approach against viruses in general and the coronavirus in particular. It is very important to maximize the body's antioxidant capacity and natural immunity to prevent and minimize symptoms when a virus attacks the human body. The host environment is crucial. Preventing is 
obviously easier than treating severe illness, but treat serious illness seriously. Do not hesitate to seek medical attention. It is not an either or choice. Vitamin C can be used right along with the medicines when they are indicated. Quote, I have not seen any flu yet that was not cured or marked or markedly ameliorated by massive doses of vitamin C. This is said by the medical doctor Robert, C, Robert F. Cathcart. It says the physicians of the orthomolecular, orthomolecular Media Medicine News Service uh, and the International Society for Orthomolecular Medicine urge a nutrient-based method to prevent or minimize for future viral infection. The following inexpensive supplemental levels are recommended for adults. For children, reduce these in, pro- in proportion to the body weight. They say you need 3,000 3, milligrams of vitamin C daily in divided doses. Uh, you need 2,000 international units daily of vitamin D3. Start with 5,000 uh, IU uh, for, for, for two weeks and then reduce it to 2,000. You need magnesium, 400 milligrams daily in citrate form, uh, malite form, chelate form, or chloride form. I love magnesium. You guys have heard me talk about it. I find myself getting addicted to fish oil and magnesium. Uh, you need zinc, 20 milligrams daily. Selenium, 100 micrograms daily. Vitamin C1, vitamin D, magnesium, zinc, and selenium have been shown to, show, have been shown to strengthen the immune system against viruses. The basis for using high doses of vitamin C to prevent and combat virus-caused illnesses may be traced back to vitamin C's early success against polio, first reported in the late 1940s. Many people are unaware, even surprised, to learn this. Further clinical evidence built up over the decades, leading to an antivirus protocol published in 1980. And these are all source reference material. You guys can find the references to this, the studies, the links, and so much more if you go to GreenMedInfo. This is a legitimate, a legitimate medical news site. This isn't like all these other places we find. They publish studies. They publish so much stuff that it is crazy. And for them to post this, I feel like is a godsend. So please do yourself, do me a favor, do everyone else a favor, memify that post, make people aware that vitamin C can protect them. Start getting people to aware, uh, be aware that their immune systems are compromised, that we're unhealthy, that we're degenerative. If we don't start regenerating, don't start taking our health back, these viruses and so much more are going to kick our tail. This is a controlled pandemic. This is chaos. And as you see them already coming out with the solution, global government, vaccines, draconian measures, you've got to understand that the Hegelian dialectic is just that problem, reaction, solution. And the problem is we're sick. Their solution is to make us better. I don't like either one of them. But here's what's going to happen, gang. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this, con- this, this concept of co-opted consciousness. I'm going to be getting into some of your guys' questions uh, that we got asked earlier this week on Instagram Live and more. You know, how to avoid people hating you for not having the same beliefs. How to put down the distractions and limit the truth at the same time. Uh, again, the America versus the Chinese war end of the world scenarios that Satanists and celebrities are running from. We're going to be talking about this and more, the Godless Hollywood selection, the Godless, Godless Hollywood tab. Uh, this, was a, this was something that people really wanted me to get into, how Godless Hollywood is. We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction breaking down Event 201 over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back 
right after this. Yeah, it's that crazy. It's that wild, and we're trying to make it seem normal. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that we can do with this show is we're able to present so much information in such a relative calm manner that it almost seems like mind-numbing. Not mind-blowing, mind-numbing. Like I said, you get punch drunk, you get numb, you get desensitized, you're like, good Lord, like, is this really all going on? Yes. All these things are going on. Yeah, this is, this is the craziness that we've found ourselves in. And uh, we're trying to make sense of it. You know, again, what I'm appreciating with the show and what we've done is the fact that we're able to have this weird kind of synergistic relationship where you guys feed me information, I feed you information, and basically we just water each other. We make ourselves stronger 
through the through the hardships that we face. And that's not something that you see these days on social media. You know, I wish um, I wish I was able to do more. I wish I was able to help people better tackle these topics in a in a different way. You know, I, I wish I was able to do more. But then I realized there's not really a lot of people doing it the way that we are. You have a lot of people that say superficial things and don't really mean the things they say. They don't really have like a deep connection with people or themselves. You know, I, I could, uh, I could, no, I could name drop a few different people that people are following that are within this conscious community that say one thing and then mean another that say that they're here for the community. They're here to care. They're here to, you know, empower others. And then whenever you talk to them uh, behind the scenes, they don't mean those things. They realize that that get liked, that, 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 that kind of attitude gets likes. You have people that are truly wolves in sheep's clothing. And the sad part is, is I can't expose them because I can't expose them as much as I'd like to. All I can do is kind of leave the breadcrumbs and let you guys know which side of the aisle I'm on. We're going to be having some guests come up in the next couple of weeks. And whether or not they choose to expose them is up to them. But the guests we're going to be having on are, again, talking about solutions and individual things that people can do in their own life to take their health back and, again, begin to reclaim their individuality. You see, you know, I, uh, I kind of addressed some of those questions that we were talking about in Instagram Live. Uh, but what I actually want to talk about, if you want the truth in this particular segment, because I have a range of questions here, Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier, the Godless Hollywood section, you know, what end of the world scenarios are most Satanists slash celebrities running from, the Great Awakening, you know, uh, co-opted consciousness, how to avoid people. What I, what I kind of want to do before I get into all of those is, is get into the America versus Chinese war, you know, and just kind of war game that, speculate on that for a bit, because we see that obviously being drawn up. But I think, and this is playing off of the coronavirus and the creation of the global government and so much more, I don't think that we're going to go to war. You know, I think that's probably why we're seeing some of these outbreaks happen is because they need to kill off a lot of people. And you can't really go to war if you have like all these extra people. You know, we talk about the Georgia Guidestones, population control, getting people to a manageable number can't do that if we're warring at one another warring with one another um the global government is just that where we're where people are sharing resources sharing ideals sharing everything and right now what you're seeing is the 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 closest thing into the future for the creation of the global government the america versus the chinese war is a very real thing but i don't think that it's going to happen I, I maybe call me altruistic call me optimistic you know, hope I guess I would hope for a peaceful resolution because all these environmental disasters are going to kill us instead. All these superbugs are going to kill us instead. Our own ignorance is going to kill us instead. The global government's going to come through to basically act as a savior and say, "Hey, individually, you guys cannot root, you cannot run yourself. You have got to pay tribute and homage to this supernatural organization." That's why I talked to you about how there's global dissatisfaction with democracy and how that's paving the way for technocracy. Me going on that whole rant about Event 201, that's, that's the technocracy right there. 
science heads, business heads, academic heads, uh, 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 medical brains over there trying to talk about how to take care of the planet. That's the technocracy. And so when I say that there is a war, you got to think about how we're already in those weird stages of war. The, the, the proxy war that went on in Syria between Russia and America and how that kind of stopped for a bit. But now we're seeing, still seeing outbreaks of ISIS and here on and so forth. But you get what I'm saying. There's got to be a different projection for what's going to happen. And the same way that we're seeing uh, these pedophile rings getting round up, the same way that we're seeing uh, Keith Raniere go to trial, Allison Mack, uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, John Kapoor, this opioid epidemic guy, Johnson & Johnson going on trial. Those guys were sued. I don't know why they're making a vaccine. The same way you're seeing subtle hints that the corruption that was once tolerated is going away is the very same way that I'm seeing subtle hints of the way that things were happening shifting. We can't live in a state of war forever. Resources will, will, will as, as the United Nations says, it, it's unsustainable. Resources will dry out. People will grow tired. Uh, we'll forget the reasons why we went to war. There has to be a way to unify people. And there's, trust me, enough global problems for them to unify us. And we see them being created today. So the America versus the China war, I don't think it'll happen. I think some kind of air quotes, peaceful resolution will take place. You'll have to have somebody that's in charge of consumption versus somebody that's in charge of production. This is again, the technocracy monitoring people's ability to consume information resources, monitoring people's ability to give back into the community, back into the earth, and so much more. It's a very, very interesting thing, uh, where we're going, what we see society being created. And a lot of it is, as I told you before, a lot of it is, is, is centered around obedience and submission. Control. Because when we're talking about the technocracy, we have to talk about uh, scientific dictatorship, we always talk about the military-industrial complex, but we never talk about the scientific elite which control them. That was in Eisenhower's speech, but we just focus on the military-industrial complex so we can hate the military, so we can hate war and stuff like this. But we also don't talk about, again, those technocratic scientists in the background basically commanding those soldiers over there to go do things because the pen is always mightier than the sword. The pen can order the sword. You see... But this is the world that we're in. But how does this tie into co-opted consciousness? Well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to put a nice uh, bookend on the coronavirus and the American-Chinese relationship and kind of forecast or predict how I don't think that we'll have an all-out shoot-em-up, kill-em-up war that's going to cause too much devastation and they still need people to run things. They have to figure out a way to kill off a decent amount of the population using plagues, animal die-off, uh, diseases, extreme weather events, and so much, so, so forth. They've got to figure out a way to do all that in the peripheral, while at the same time uh, engineering society to go to go along with the forward head plan. It's crazy, but again, how does that tie into the co-opted consciousness? That's where we're at today. You may have noticed that all throughout this entire transmission, I haven't been super gung-ho about America. I've been talking about uh, the global government, the global consciousness, the global citizen, you see. Is that not is that not it? Just keep this in mind. And that's not I'm not making a push or play or anything for for the global government and for global citizenry or any of this type of stuff. I'm trying to say because of what is on our plate at the start of 2020, we are going to be having this discussion more often than you think. 
and we to go ahead and get our heads around it. When I've been telling people that you need to be as American as you can for as long as you can, it's because of the days that we're entering into now. You see, a, a huge proponent of this too, and I've talked about this in the past, is Greta Thunberg. See, and how uh, she's leading the way for all this social change, but we forget about the individuals who create actual social change in their immediate area. People like Jaden West providing clean water for Flint. Uh, people like Moses West pulling water from the air and literally giving it back to people because it's clean. Uh, the little Zacato, Zacato Guadalupe Cruz, the little eight-year-old Mexican girl who's out there uh, creating solar water heaters, as well as Boylan Slot, Slat, who's, who's, who's created a device to help clean up the great uh, Pacific garbage patch. But because you have people like Greta, Greta Thunberg, a creation of the aforementioned George Soros, because you have people like her telling you that we're, what, we've, what we're doing, the world we have right now, it's unsustainable. Don't talk to me about uh, lowering the economy whenever your carbon footprint is, 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 is so high. Whenever you have people like, 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 whenever you have people like Greta Thunberg, Prince Andrew, Leonardo DiCaprio, and all these other people virtue signaling to you, taking these private jets, uh, leaving even, even bigger carbon footprints than us, is that not co-opting consciousness? Is that not creating a completely different way for, th for them to say, I'm more woke than you, I care more than you? You see how virtue signaling has gotten us to this point. But again, break it down even more. I mentioned earlier uh, in the first segment about how many psychedelic retreats are being built. It's become socially acceptable now to not care about the world's problems and only get involved in yourself. This is very dangerous where we are. We are truly on the precipice of degeneracy. That's why they say pride comes before the fall, because no one's caring. And I don't know how I made it throughout this entire transmission without saying this, but there is no law that can give you freedom. You cannot legalize morality. This is what happens when we have an entire world that's caught up in and of itself, that wants to stay woke but do nothing. This is what godless Hollywood has promoted. <laughs> this, is, this is that wickedness, you see. And that's why we're trying to do everything we can is because we see the writing on the wall and we see what people are doing. You know, this particular, this particular, uh, this part of the show, whenever I, um, I'm switching things up for a reason, the, this part of the show is meant to really kind of put things into perspective for people, to really break it down, the worlds that we're in. I know it's, it's, it's easy to get kind of lost when you're looking at all the news, whenever we're flying through this week's events and we're, you know, we're just going through articles. I think it's really easy for people to kind of get lost in transmission and translation with what's actually going on. And that's why I have to kind of say at the end of the day, I'm casually talking about social disintegration uh, and the gradual degradation of society. You know, that's, that's really, truly where we are. And I know some people can't see it, but when, when everything is this crazy all the time, how can we live here? How can we live in such a state like this to where, to where every day it's perpetually getting worse? You know, we have to tell people not to panic. We have to tell people, hey, don't freak out. Don't do anything. Uh, what, what, what does QAnon say? Trust the plan. 
But see, what ends up happening is we end up leaving people aside. They, they get lost. You see. They don't know. When they trust the plan, you're, you're leaving somebody else's growth and self-development to another that could care less. This is very dangerous. We've got to start getting to the point to where we're, to where, to where we're conscious of what we're actually doing, aware of our influence, aware of our impact. You see. Here, let me get into this section right here. This was, a, this was something that we got a lot of feedback on uh, whenever we had posted about, unfortunately, Kobe Bryant and his untimely passing uh, earlier, th- earlier this week because it seems like it was planned. Uh, we had posted something from Now the End Begins that shows what seems to be like predictive programming from this show called Chamberlain Heights. Uh, and it, it shows Kobe Bryant, you know, falling out of a helicopter. But we had posted about how uh, you see this type of predictive programming in godless Hollywood all the time. And that was something I got hit up about. Hey, where can I read more about the godless Hollywood? Where can I hear more about godless Hollywood? Well, right here. You know, how do you think we get information about Bill Gates? How do you think we know about these types of things? It's because it's researched. People don't realize that they are more influenced than they think. People don't know how to control their own thoughts, their own emotions. They don't know how to really, again, have that deeper dialogue with themselves to have a deeper connection as to who they are. That's why you guys tune in is because we have the, I have these kind of conversations with myself more often than I probably should. And we don't really see that mindfulness really being promoted. What you see is mindlessness. And that's perfect for co-opting your consciousness, getting you to think the way that they would like. Here, let me just read a few of these. Uh, <laughs> let me just read a few of these headlines from over here at Now the End Begins. And like I said, I'll put this link in the description bar below. Uh, but hardcore liberal Ricky Gervais stuns Hollywood into shocked silence as he calls out the global elites and pedophiles who, roll the, who run the industry. As if you guys didn't know that. Uh, right here. Singer John Legend and Hollywood elites meet in London to hand out Global Citizen Prize under the watchful Illuminati all-seeing eye. They put put that up December 20th. On December 7th, it says the deceptive new Netflix series Messiah heralds the coming of the biblical Antichrist and has based them on the main character of of Dajjal of Islam. Uh, right here, Hollywood actor Will Ferrell has made a career of mocking Jesus Christ in the Bible, presenting sexually themed abuse of children for sport and promoting Satanism. Yeah, so you, you guys get the point. These guys are hardcore Christians because they're willing to call out Hollywood. They'll call them out for their sick satanic nonsense and call it for what it is. But because we've gotten so far down the rat hole these days, we want that darkness. We want the Satanism. We want the evil because it makes us feel safe. Oh, because it makes us feel whole, makes us feel good. And that's a problem because you now have people that are going out of their way, seeking the dark, afraid of the light. You see how that works? You see how staying woke got you caught up in the world's nonsense, forgetting who you are and what resides inside of you and playing fit fiddle to everything that's going on. You see how that works? From Greta Thunberg to following Hollywood, you see how that's the programming. That's the predictive programming and the mind control. But if you're not aware of these things, like the word Corona being a anagram for raccoon, raccoon city, uh, 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 coronavirus, raccoon city, resident evil, the very same company having the very same logo out there in China, it's very, very real. 
But if you can't see these things, if you can't pay attention, then I'm sure you can't see the writing on the wall, the signs of the times. You can't see how your consciousness has been co-opted. And like I told you earlier this week, you're going to love or hate me. You're either going to hate me for prying open your third eye, or you're going to love me for doing as much as I can, sacrificing myself upon the altar of social media to provide you with as much quality content as I can. And I get it. Talking about what we do is very difficult. Talk Dealing with these things on a routine and consistent basis for a lot of people, it is difficult. But guess what, gang? It's not going to go away. You might go away before these problems go away. But what's going to happen is you're going to stay. You're going to get stronger. You're going to develop a marathon mindset to begin to deal with these problems. Instead of cowering, instead of succumbing to the fear, you're going to become prepared. Prepared and aware. I, 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 I'll say this and I'll start closing out the show for you guys. I got angry earlier this week because I, I, I pride myself on being aware of all these things that are going on. I'm aware of the vaccines, aware of the GMOs, aware of the chemtrails, aware of the pedophilia, aware of the societal engineering. I'm aware of these things. But how much am I actually prepared for? How much? I'm just now getting my health in order to where I don't need a vaccine. Where, where else? Where else are you prepared? You could be so woke as much as you want to. What are you prepared for? And what are you willing to die for? These are the real questions we need to ask ourselves. Because I'm telling you, things are not going to calm down. They're going to intensify. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And we need people who are willing to uh, understand that understand that griminess, understand that adversity, and understand that we will come out on top. It's going to take a bit to get there. But that's why all we have is the work and the fight, and we cannot succumb. That's why I tell you, this coronavirus is the start. Are we prepared for what's coming next? And that's why we have to start changing up how we go about things, how we review information, and at the same time, how we implement real-world three-dimensional action. So when I tell you that your consciousness could be co-opted, don't play into the nonsense. Realize that you don't, don't be reactionary, be a solutionary. We need to start really thinking about what's going on instead of playing into these hands. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Technocratic Politics Event 201, the coronavirus and co-opted consciousness. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. Not really. I should let you guys know that there's information coming out connecting the coronavirus to 5G. Yeah, there's a whole lot of different interconnecting plots going on with this, this event. A lot of different things are going on, and I just try to prevent as much information as I can acquire this week to you good people. Uh, and if it sounds alarmist, just understand I'm trying to do my best when compiling all this information. I, 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 I don't know the truth. I'm trying to figure it out just as much as I can with you guys in the time frame that we have. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.